This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, thrilled to have him on, former LSU baseball coach Paul Maneri. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Good to be with you, Mike. How you doing? I'm fine. Uh, Coach, uh, before I get into baseball, Bobby and I will talk to you about baseball. Kind of tell us what happened. Man, did you get to play at the Masters? (laughs) No. No, 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 no. I didn't get to play, but uh, it was on my bucket list to visit and see see Augusta and see the Masters. Um, I I flew out to Atlanta with two of my former players, Buzzy Heidel and Mike Hollander, for Marshalls at the Masters. And uh, we, we played a couple of rounds of golf, not, not at Augusta National, but at a couple of courses about an hour away. And then we came back, and on Monday they had to get to work, but my, my best friend Randy Bush drove up from Jacksonville, and we spent the day, uh, the practice day on Monday walking around the facility, and it was just one of the most amazing days of my life. If, if you haven't gone to, to uh, Augusta National during the Masters or during the practice days, you have to do that. It's just an amazing experience. Coach, the great thing about it is you couldn't do it all those years. Okay, you coaching all that time, and that's one of the benefits of being retired. Well, (laughs) you know, I I had – you know, the day I retired and we had a little press conference, I had a reporter ask me if I had a bucket list, and I said, yeah, I do. I'd like to do all the things I never got to do during the spring because I was working for the last four or five decades. And uh, one one of the top things on my list was to go to the Masters. Uh, next year, I'm going to do the Kentucky Derby. Coach, you're going to like that. Do the, the Indianapolis 500. I got to do some of the things I never got to do before. You, you're going to love the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you have to get your new suit and all that, Coach Maneri. But, you, Coach, you, you're going to meet so many people from Louisiana and on the bayou there, you'd think you're still in Louisiana. I mean, they got a lot of them there for the Kentucky Derby. Bobby? Now, uh, Coach Maneri, uh, all the great players that you've witnessed and, um, you know, we always a prisoner of the moment. Uh, uh, when you look at a guy like Dylan Cruz and what he's been able to do, and then uh, Paul Skeens as a pitcher, I mean, uh, you know, LSU fans, we all recognize what Ben McDonald did, uh, Anthony Renato, who's part of you back in 2009. Uh, you know, you look at a special season. But how, how do you rate like Paul Skeens? I'm looking at leading the nation uh, with uh, basically 17 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, um, third in hits allowed. So it goes on and on. But uh, 
how do you evaluate when you're watching a game and, you know, you look at the major leagues and, and their potential, but is, is it about as good as it gets when you got a guy um, like Paul Skeens uh, when you look at uh, where he's at in Dylan Cruz? Well, of course, I, I know Dylan Cruz well because we recruited him and coached him for a year. So uh, I, I knew that this young man was going to be really special. Um, you know, his his unfortunate summer before his senior year and then having the pandemic cut short his, his senior year, you know, was a benefit to LSU because I don't know if he would have gone in the first round out of high school. You know, they only had a five-round draft. And uh, if he wasn't going to go in the first round, most most teams were – focusing in on college players because they're only getting to pick five players. And that worked out to our benefit, you know, that he came to school. And uh, when he decided to pull himself out of the draft, you know, I, I just knew it was going to be a special player in LSU baseball history. So I, everything that he's done has not surprised me one, one iota. You know, he's right up there with, you know, the best players that I ever had the opportunity to coach. Paul Skeens, you know, I, I know him, I, I don't know him personally, but I – uh, followed him very closely because he played at the United States Air Force Academy the last And you were years. there. <laughs> well, I coached there many years ago, and one of my players uh, when I coached there is now the head coach there, oh, Mike okay. Kozlowski. And Mike is like, you know, my fifth child. I'm so close with him. And so he had this, this really special, talented player, and he would tell me about him. And we saw it up close and personal in my last year when he came in and closed the game against us. Actually, Cruz hit a home run off him in the ninth inning, but we had a, they had a two-run lead, and he, he closed us out and ended up beating us at the end. But Kaz had told me during lunch that, that afternoon when I had lunch to, with him before the game, he says, Coach, I got a guy that throws 98 miles an hour. And I said, Kaz, well, come on, what have you been <laughs> drinking in your iced tea this afternoon? You know, <laughs> And sure enough, you brought him in in the game, and uh, he was throwing 98 miles an hour. And that just never happens at a service academy. So, you know, last year, I mean, it's not like he's a, you know, uh, an overnight success. Last year, he was a first-team All-American at Air Force. He was the player of the year in their conference. He was a two-way player that hit 14 home runs and caught and pit and played first base when he didn't pitch. So there, there was no secret about him, but he decided, see, when you're at a service academy, the big time to make a decision is following your sophomore year. Because once you enroll in classes for your junior year at a service academy, you are now committed to that service for the next two years of school, plus another minimum of five years in that branch of the service. If you leave after your sophomore year, you don't owe the government anything. You basically had two free years of education. Okay. So you don't normally see kids leave. Uh, after two years, because once they put in two years, they're thinking, hey, you know, I came here for other reasons besides sports. You know, I want to serve my country and I want to, you know, be a pilot, whatever the reasons were. Um, but in Paul's case, you know, he knew that he was going to be a top prospect and there's a lot of money involved and a future involved and so forth. And in his case, because he's such a big guy, there was some question whether or not he'd fit in a cockpit and be able to be a pilot. Too big. It'd be almost like, remember the Admiral David Robinson uh, with the Naval Academy? He can't fit in a submarine. (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. And that's why why David Robinson, he didn't leave after his sophomore year, but the the chief of staff of the the, uh, Naval Navy uh, back in those days, you know, gave him a special exemption from serving where he could do some promotional work for the, for the Naval Academy. And in Paul Skeens' case, 
you know, he he couldn't go into professional baseball because it's not available to those guys right now. It changes, you know, from year to year, but right now it's not available, and, and he couldn't fit in a cockpit. So he made the decision to leave, and what a difference that has made for the team. You know, he's right. – I'm going to tell you guys something, and it probably blow you away when I make this comment, but he's probably the best college pitcher I've seen in my lifetime, and I have watched college baseball my entire life. But who who throws 100 miles an hour consistently with a wipeout slider and has that kind of natural athletic ability? So, you know, I mean, with all due respect to all the great ones I've had, you know, Aaron Nola and Kevin Gossman, Alex Lang, I mean, this kid is, you know, he's on another level because he he not only throws 100 miles an hour, but he does it with his 100th pitch of the night as well. So assuming he stays healthy, I believe that he and Dylan are going to end up being the number one and two picks in the draft. Now, Coach Bader, you, you you knew all about this. Uh, you look at uh, top to bottom SEC, and uh, when you look at the expectations that LSU with Coach Johnson uh, is, is facing, look at the 12 straight weeks at number one, LSU slips to number two in, in the polls. Uh, you know, the series loss uh, to the Auburn Tigers after uh, back-to-back wins over uh, if you look at and that's what Auburn did, what they beat South Carolina and they got hot. Who's getting hot at the right time? I want you to comment because I know you still keep up with baseball. Uh, is it all about the pitching with Wake Forest where they're at in the ACC? And uh, I look at it just to show you the SEC. LSU is not the only team from the top of the South East Conference to drop a, a series to a lower-ranked team. Looking at South Carolina, Florida, Vanderbilt, they all ranked uh, three, four, and five respectively, then uh, the Gamecocks get swept by Kentucky. Florida lost to A&M. And then Vanderbilt fell to Alabama in two or three games. I mean, is that just life in the SEC uh, when you look at that and it doesn't get any easier? It's almost like a you're in the playoffs way before the playoffs start. Well, that's a good analysis of it, Bobby. I mean, let's let's take a let's take series in the major leagues, okay? On a given night, the the Yankees are going to play. I don't know, name a name a mediocre team, the Oakland like, A's. Okay? Or, or, or yeah, the A's or the Tigers or whatever. Yeah, well, those those major league teams that are the the down the road teams are still filled with major league players, and so on in any given series. The, the you know the the worst team the middle of the pack team can beat the top team because the the great neutralizer in baseball is that guy that's standing on the mound 60 feet away from the from the hitter he pitches great or you know the baseball gods just you know you're hitting the ball good that night but you're hitting them right at people the best teams in major league baseball are still going to lose 60 games a year and, um, you know, they're going to lose them to other major league teams. Well, the SEC is the same way. The worst teams in the SEC, the middle-of-the-pack teams in the SEC, are still filled with SEC-caliber players. And they're capable of beating anybody on a given day. And typically, the best team in the SEC is still going to lose a third of their SEC games. So, you know, what you try to do, and I used to say this every year, I don't know if people listen to me or not, but – you know, the, the regular season is a grind. There's 30 games in conference play. You know, if you win two, two-thirds of your games, you're going to be the SEC champion. If you win a third of your games, you're going to finish in last place. So really what happens, you're going, you know you're going to win 10, you know you're going to lose 10. What do you do in the other 10 games to determine where you finish in the standings? But once the regular season is over, 
and now you go to the postseason, that, that's where your legacy is decided in the postseason. And, you know, any given weekend, you, you, you could play great or you could the other team could outplay you. And once you start with, well, I, I should say after the SEC tournament, once you get past the SEC tournament, the regional, you got you got to, right. you got to win three games before you lose two. You get to the super regional, you got to win two before you lose two. You get to the bracket in Omaha, you got to win three before you lose two. And then when you get to the finals, you got to win two before you lose two. So <clears throat> it it really comes down to how do you play on a given weekend for you know the regional, the super regional, the bracket in Omaha, and then the finals in Omaha. So. You could pick the favorites, and you base those favorites on what they did during the regular season. But really, it, it comes down to at the very end of the year. How do you play on a yeah, given week? Who, who's hot? Who's uh, hot? Uh, yeah. Look at Auburn Tigers. Uh, I mean, how uh, – look, South Carolina, LSU, they got to feel confident, uh, you know, and it's all about momentum. Uh, but, mm-hmm. Coach Maneri, uh, when you think about it, uh, what was the magic formula that you were able uh, – you talk about the regular season – but Hoover almost, was almost like the Bucs. I mean, the mm-hmm. success you had in the SEC championship, uh, was that – you could could you put a finger uh, or point in some direction maybe why that occurred? Because you were able to have a lot of success in the SEC uh, championship tournament. Bobby, I, I always felt more pressure. Our team always felt more pressure during the 56-game regular season schedule because that's where you set the stage for – what kind of team you're going to have in the postseason, where you're going to be seeded. Are you going to be a national seed and a, or a regional host? Are you going to even get a bid? And if you do, where, where are you going to have to go? Can you play at home or whatever? The SEC tournament, most years, you know, we knew we were going to be in the NCAA tournament. Most years we knew we were going to host. Many years we knew we were going to be a national seed. I mean, I think we were a national seed like nine years out of, you know, my time right. at LSU. So, you know, the, the SEC tournament was fun because the pressure wasn't on you to, very often that if you lose, you know, your season's over. And and I, I took it as a time to just get our guys prepared for the NCAA tournament. And I tried to get them to understand that if they played loose and confident and really, you know, just tried to have a lot of fun out there and enjoy the game. The pressure was off. We've already got through the 56-game right. schedule. We've established ourselves. Now the fun begins in the postseason. This is this is the the really fun, exciting time. And you know, our, I got I try to get our guys in that mindset that if they play loose and they play confident and they really get after it. Look, we're playing great teams. I mean, every team in the tournament in Hoover is ranked, so you're playing a ranked team every right. day. It's not like it's easy competition, but we played so well because I just feel like our guys were so loose and confident, and then we carried that into the NCAA tournament. You can't play baseball uptight. you got to be able to play relaxed, focused, you know, focused and hustling right. and all those things, but you got to play relaxed and confident if you want to be successful Coach, in the big games. Coach, uh, I know Skip Bertman would always say this. you got to have two-and-a-half pitchers to win it all. Okay, we saw last year Ole Miss did it with two. Uh, They basically they won everything with two pitchers. And I think that's the key down the stretch here for any of the SEC teams. 
is to, to have your pitching come together. Uh, it's been a challenge so far this season for LSU, other than Paul Skeens. Well, well and, and Coach Benetti, does that keep you up at night, uh, That uh, whether you're Coach Johnson or yourself, and you might be pulling your hair out, or you might be like <laughs> elbowing your wife and like, what's wrong, honey? I don't know. I'm worried about that. This person's hurt. This reliever, middle well, reliever. Well, Paul's closer. okay right now. No, no, I, I know he's okay. <laughs> this but, is Jay's deal. I, I, I mean, that, now, uh, that is like – you can't plan for that. Uh, whether you have an, an injury and you're counting on this pitcher, now all of a sudden it affects your depth, middle reliever, closer. That's the only thing I think is holding LSU back right now is the consistency and hurt. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he's a stud from UCLA. It looks like as of late he's doing a little better. But uh, I can tell you right now, Coach Bennett, I don't think they're winning anything unless they can count on Hurd on the back end of the season to transfer from UCLA. I, I think that that's where I was going with this. Coach, yeah. you you got to find somebody else uh, other than Skeens. Well, yeah. But, you know, your starting pitcher can only pitch one time that weekend. Right. So, you know, a Skeens is unbeatable. Let's face it. He's Like I said, he's the best I've, I've ever seen. I, it, I find it hard to believe anybody's going to beat him in the postseason. Okay. So you got one game under your belt, and now you just got to find your way through the others. But, look, you know, I coached for 39 years. You know, nobody cried for me when Jaden Hill got hurt last year. Nobody cried for me when Cole Henry had to come out of after two innings against Florida State in the Super Regional. You know, nobody cried for me when Eric Walker got hurt in Omaha, you know, and, and it probably kept us from beating Florida in the finals. You know, I mean, it's just part of the game. I talked to Jay the other day. Every single team in the SEC West, he told me, yeah. every team, every single team has lost a starting pitcher yep. out of the rotation. Arkansas, look at them. They all yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people don't want to hear excuses. You know, Lou Holtz once told me when I was coaching at Notre Dame, nobody wants to hear about the pain. They just want to see the baby. You know? and, <laughs> That's and a great point. That's a good telling me that. You know, when – you know, whether it's cold or, or hot or rainy or windy or whatever, whether you have injuries, whether kids are struggling with girlfriend problems or, you know, uh, uh, grades problems or whatever. Nobody wants to know about any of right. that. They just want to see the result. And so if, you're, if you've got the excuses lined up, then you're, you're not going to get it done. You've just got to overcome whatever comes your way. And if if you're making excuses for the players, then the players going to have those excuses. So I don't think Jay's doing that. I think he's he realizes it's all part of the game. It's all nobody wants to see kids get hurt. It's really unfortunate, and your heart bleeds for the kid that gets hurt. But you, but the season goes on. You got to keep playing, right. and somebody else has to step up. And I think Ty Floyd is very capable of, of stepping up. Uh, you know, I had Ty his his freshman year, and. I love the kid, and I think he's got great ability, and and he's capable of going out and pitching a great game. And listen, they got they must have a dozen arms that throw ninety three to ninety five miles an hour. So it's not like the cupboard is bare. So they just need somebody to step up and get the job done for them, and they should be fine. You know, I mean, when you have a guy like Skeens, you know, it's almost like you can put. Look, they'll they'll pitch. They'll they'll be a national seed. They'll pitch off in the first game against the number four seed. Skeens will win the winner's bracket game, and then they just got to find a way to win. They're going to be playing a team that will have played more games than them because they're coming out of the loser's bracket, and they got to just step up and, and beat that team, and then they win the regional. 
Now they go to the Super Regional. Skeens will beat whoever they're going to play in game one. And now they got to win one of the next two. And, uh, and Coach, it keeps going forward that way. And Coach Benary, I'm glad you brought that up. Because they say, like, oh, it's like um, like national championship or bust. No, I would say more expectations considering uh, that when, when you've been ranked, where LSU's been ranked, uh, 12 straight weeks in number one, I would say, no, you should expect to go to Omaha, but the stars have to be aligned, breaks go your way to be a national champion. Uh, you know, you were fortunate that you won. Uh, that's a big feather in your cap uh, because just because uh, you're number one forever, you want to be number one at the end. But what makes a team like Wake Forest? All of a sudden, you look at the ACC, the guy Clemson, and you look at ACC competition – is it to my understanding? It seems like it's all about their pitching. Is that a true assessment of where Wake Forest is at right now? Well, it's a perfect storm for Wake Forest. You know, they've got yeah. veteran players that have been in the program. You know, it ta- there's an old saying: it takes years of hard work to become an overnight sensation. <laughs> and the coach at 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 uh, Wake Forest, Tom Walter was at UNO. He was an excellent coach when he was at the University of New Orleans. I helped him get the job at Wake Forest. And it's, he's been there several years now, but it's all just kind of coming together, you know. And just like it came together for some of the teams that, that we played. I know I hate to bring this name up, but, you know, Stony Brook, Stony Brook, it all came together. Coastal Carolina, it all came together for them in a given year. That the, Wake Forest is different. Coastal Carolina is different. Stony Brook's different than LSU. LSU is expected to be at the top every single year. They're like the Yankees, right? They don't they're not allowed to have a down year. Right. Well, at Wake Forest they can have a down year. They can rebuild. They can put things together and it might take some several years for it all to click for them and they're patient with their coach and they're going to, you know, they're finally going to put it together. At, at at a place like LSU, you're expected to be great every single year. And and so the expectations get so high that anything less than a national championship feels like a disappointment. You know, um, right. in 2013, listen, we went to Omaha. We were number one in the country that year for 13 straight weeks. We went to Omaha with a 57-9 and record. Okay? I remember Alex Bregman and I talking before we went to Omaha that if we go out there and win five straight, we're going to finish 62-9. and We might be considered the greatest team in the history of college baseball if we pull this off. And what what happens? We go out there. It's our first time playing in the new ballpark, which plays like the Grand Canyon. We hit four balls that night that would have been out of the ballpark in any park in the SEC. Only one of them went out. Mason Katz hit one that looked like it was going to be in the upper deck, and it barely got over the fence. Christian Ibarra hit two balls to the wall. Andrew Stevenson hit one. So we only score one run, and Aaron Nola's pitching great, and we make an error in the seventh inning and an error in the eighth inning. And they score two unearned runs, and we lose two to one in that opening game, and it changes our whole season. And then we end up playing uh, North Carolina, who's who's also got a great team, and they had lost to Carlos Rondon in game one, and we lose another one run game, and all of a sudden our season's over. And it felt like such a disappointment, <laughs> but it, but we had had this phenomenal year, you know, 2017. We had a great season. We fought our way through Omaha, even after Eric Walker's injury. We beat Oregon State two days in a row when they were 56-4 and four on a 25-game winning streak. And, and we get to the finals against Florida. We lose 4-3 to three in another close game the next night. 
and we finish in second, and it feels like, you know, a disappointment as well. You know, a, a Wake Forest or a, or a Stony Brook or a Coastal Carolina, they just getting to Omaha would be an amazing accomplishment for them. They'd, they'd, they'd be having parades and billboards <laughs> and everything else. We finish in second place, and everybody looks at it as a lost opportunity. Yeah. You know, so it's just a different standard when you're at a program that per- perennially every year – is expected to be a national contender and actually leave with the leave with the trophy. Well, so, well, yeah, and you know, Coach Benary, hey, listen, uh, they're uh, doing great, well, and I hope they come back with the trophy. Well, well so, hey, Coach Benary, like you, you said, I'm telling you, expectations, LSU baseball fans. Uh, well, we think we're like the freaking Yankees at a major <laughs> league. Uh, the natives get restless. Because, no, the expectations, like Yankee fans. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Great to hear your voice again and always giving us great insights. We appreciate it. Thanks, Coach Manera. Good to be with you guys. Okay. All right. Thank you, Coach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.